Well, maybe you thought it was going to be a sleepy Tuesday, but we got a merger blocked, crushing some speculative fever. We got 13 Fs with the two Bs, Buffett and Burry. Home Depot, should we start worrying about the consumer? China stock's on the move. This is pre-market prep. Let's get things started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors. We're stuck. We're in the 4140 handle again. Down six handles at 4144. Uh, the buck in the red just by 15 cents at 102.12. Bonds up five thirty seconds at 129 and 30, 30 seconds. That's a lot of 30 seconds. Crude in the red by just a couple pennies, 7109. Gold clinging to the 2000 handle, down 1280 at 2010, let's just call it. And silver, just a tad under 24, down 32 cents at 20. 397. Uh, Bitcoin futures, they're down $375 at 27,100. Uh, let's bring on uh, Triple D here this morning. And uh, Triple D, I mean, you probably had a little bit of fireworks after the close yesterday. Uh, yeah, 13 Fs. I mean, they were popping off all over the place. But right after 4 o'clock, we got the Buffett one. And you saw Capital One Financial just blast off into orbit. You knew even before it was released, COF, I was like, oh, it's got to be Buffett because there's no other news here. And then, boom, the 13F, you see it. So Capital One, obviously, Buffett took three new positions. Capital One is the one that everybody is talking about. Okay. Two smaller new positions, DEO, uh, which is Diageo, ADR trades overseas. So not moving as much because I'm not sure they care about overseas as much about Diageo as we do about Capital One here. And then Vitesse Energy, VTS, he also took a new stake in that one. So, And it's up 4.5% this morning. So you got three new stakes here uh, for Buffett. Lots of other action here. Yeah, hey, Dennis, one, let's, bring in, uh, let's, bring in, let's bring in Aaron here. Let's bring in Aaron Bree is uh, uh, helping out on the desk today in the Benzinga headquarters. Aaron, how you doing today? I'm good, Joel. Dennis, how are you guys doing this morning? Good, Aaron, good. how are you? Nice to see you. I love the background there. Like yeah, green trees. Yeah, some spring is there, and and yeah. he doesn't and and uh, he doesn't have a, a raggedy T-shirt on like you, Dennis. He actually no. put on. No, a is it raggedy? Uh, it? I don't know. I mean, bit. this is. Yeah, uh, no, I'm that's straightening okay. out here a little bit. Th th that's okay. That's okay. But I uh, do like it, Joel. When you wear, I like it, Joel. When you wear the Mizzou shirt. I do wear a Mizzou. You know the story because yeah, but it's getting warmer out, so I had to, I had to do the switch. Your knee, uh, your niece, or something. My niece, yeah, my niece that made me a uh, a great uncle. Do you know I'm a great I'm great at a lot of things, but I'm a great uncle too. As of, wow. uh, a, a month ago, but uh, so uh, Aaron's gonna be helping us out this week, and um, we did uh, we did the thirteen Fs. Uh, COF, uh, a new stake, as Dennis mentioned, we popped a 97. Woo! And now we're getting a lot of price discovery here at 95. 
This stock is bad. Warren's buying the dip in this one. I don't see. Oh man, this is a tough one. Do we have a? I always like to look for a daily high. See if there's something to coincide with that 97. And we had a high at uh, 97, 48, 98, 20. As always on these things, I won't do though. You, you got to get to the pre-market high. And I, I'm not buying these things. This VTS is a new stock. Uh, I haven't seen Warren in a new stock in a while, but just follow through. You want to see follow through through the pre-market high. And then what was the third one uh, that you mentioned, Dennis? Diageo. Okay, yeah, that's – uh, Yeah, DEO. That trades as an ADR, so that's obviously already trading actively and being held in by your high-frequency market makers from the overseas action. Aaron, did he sell some stuff? He did uh, sell some stuff. Let me get uh, – so we had stake decreases in Chevron, uh, CVX. We had uh, uh, um, some stake decreases in Activision, Blizzard, ATVI. Um, so ATVI also has the news with uh, the, the acquisition with Microsoft, which was actually uh, – you know, it's been, been kind of held up in Europe, but I think just got an approval. Uh, and then Kroger, ticker KR – uh, a, a stake decrease in there as well, and uh, Bank Bank of New York ticker BK out of the banks. Well. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the banks. So Ally ticker uh, ALLY as well. Two bank stocks there: Bank of New York and Ally Financial, as well as Taiwan Semi. So semis have been pretty hot. Um, I think you guys have talked about in the show before how Taiwan Semi kind of. Hasn't been ripping as hard as NVIDIA or AMD, or, and AMD which is, is surprising for some people because TSM is the biggest manufacturer for all these companies. But Buffett uh, trimmed a, his stake in Taiwan Semi as well, as well as U.S. Bank Corp. So uh, definitely some, uh, some sells in that 13F as well. Definitely a theme here, um, light, lightning, lightening up on the banks. So we were looking and the market was hoping that maybe Warren would get down and dirty and actually buy some of these regional banks, giving up confidence the opposite has occurred. And he has actually sold completely out of his U.S. bank, completely out of BK, lighten up ALLY. So it looks like instead of buying, Warren was actually selling regional banks here. So Warren not as comfortable maybe with the regional banking situation as Michael Burry is because Michael Burry, if we go into this one, uh, uh, actually yesterday was announced that he is uh, adding and he bounced into a few of these regional banks and it was really giving a lift to a lot of them. So um, I don't know if we have the actual Aaron, if we, we have 13F from Michael Burry, but I'm going off my memory here. I know he added some PACW. He actually bought FRC last quarter, which we know would be a loss here now because it went off the board worthless. So um, I think he's regretting that buy. And there was a couple other ones, too, that he nibbled it into in the regional banks. Do you have them, Aaron? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me, I'm pulling up uh, Burry's real quick. But before we move on from Buffett's 13F, the one sure. thing or that kind of sticks out for me is that it, it, it's not as if he's avoiding – the financial sector altogether, right? Correct. Sold some yeah, of these banks, point. but bought Capital One. So now that gets me thinking: What about Capital One's business? Does Buffett like right now uh, compared to the regional banks? So maybe you know the the credit. So so some different things in the financial industry that Buffett likes right now, just not the regional banks. And bought more Bank America as America, well. Yep. So going into the majors, and maybe yep. you know we see this migration from the regionals to the do the majors continue? I think we do. I think there's people who are nervous about having their deposits at these smaller banks here now after they saw what happened 
and I do think the majors are the beneficiary there. So I'm not surprised uh, by the Bank of America purchase here. Capital One is a little bit surprising. This has been beat up, so he is giving a nice vote of confidence. It's a stock that is significantly off of its highs. It just made in February at 123, down to 89, $95. We did talk technicals a little bit here, Joel. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of hanging out 94 to 95 here. Does the Buffett pop eventually fade, or does this one get followed? It usually, t- you know, they. I mean, I think a lot. Uh, this is a wild one. This, this, this will trade all over the place, and I think right now, just kind of like market circumstances too, right? Uh, you got it. You got a nice rally here. A lot of times, if you're patient, you, it, it could come in. You know, uh, if you feel like you got to be in right now, I think I wouldn't go in all in right now. I think you're going to get to see. You know, some people just could be rigging the register, you know, just thinking, wow, they were, you know, bottom fishing under 90. What better news can you get than Warren Buffett coming into your stock? Uh, so it is. It's interesting. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be chasing it up here. And I mentioned uh, the targets, the targets on the upside. You're right. Going to the big banks, going to Bank America. That got a little bit of a pop, but that's such a big, thick stock. It's, uh, it's not reacting as much. Uh, the CVX sells a little bit interesting. Uh, he bought that good, and it's been selling into it. That is nothing in Oxy. Were you disappointed in nothing in oh, Oxy? Oh, he added to Oxy. We knew oh, he this. did? Yeah. Yeah, he added. Really? We, we've, been, we've known he's been adding to Oxy because we get – not only we get the filings every 48 hours every time he's adding because he's so high of stake in it. So, yep. yeah, see, he added to Oxy. I think he will continue to add to Oxy here, too. We have not seen any more Oxy purchases here in the last couple of weeks, but we get those a lot quicker than 13 in, hours. In between. But, okay. Yeah, but he, he added to Oxy as well. Do we have all the ads here, Aaron? There was other ads as well. So he added to Oxy, uh, added to Para, P-A-R-A, which yeah, was yeah. already leaked. That was leaked yesterday. So if you're wondering why... PARA is not up. I believe it was Barron's that figured that one out. And uh, they said, or, or somebody, was it Barron's yesterday that leaked that? Somebody Barron's that was talking about Barron's. Somebody uh, guessed it. It was Barron's. That he had bought more yeah. para. So it was already up 5% yesterday when we did that, when we were uh, just on your show there at the closing print there, Joel. We were talking about para being up 5% into this. So the market kind of knew that one already. And obviously the market kind of knew Oxy too because we'd seen all the filings. But there was a couple of other ads in there. We know Bank America, I just said, um, and it, it was trading up higher on this. Yeah, there was also ads? a stake increase in Apple and uh, Louisiana Louisiana Pacific, ticker LPX. Okay. Uh, the position was established last quarter at prices between $48 a share and $65 a share. Um, so LPX, another ad there. Apple, Paramount, like you said. Um so yeah, I mean Buffett definitely an active active quarter. I think, uh, and people asking, you know, what about the others? The one thing that we've realized over the course of the last couple of years is there there's some movement from some of the other activists and from some, if you get an activist position in there from the other hedge fund managers, it's just crickets. You just don't see the movement that you did mm-hmm. before. I know a couple people took a stake in Google. It's up hardly nothing off of this. I mean, Buffett is pretty much the only 13F that is really market moving lately. Again, Michael Burry can move it, which maybe we can move on to that now uh, because obviously, you know, the big short investor there and he took, you know, stakes in the regionals, which popped those yesterday here, Aaron. Let's talk Burry. Yeah, so so Burry, the uh, full list of Michael Burry's ads. Let me go ahead and get that pulled up. But we had Pack. 
uh, WFRC uh, Western Alliance ticker WAL, which is getting a nice bounce. But I mean, yeah, oh. like like you said, FRC. We know that one uh, at least right now looks like a would have been a, a loss last quarter that he yeah. took up. Which we've we've seen that with Birdie right over the past few years that he's been wrong a few times, right? Like people hop in because Birdie's got this big name from from the big, big short, short. In, in 2008. Um, but Birdie's been wrong a few times over yeah. the past few years. And like he's, he's purchased stocks that other people have followed him in on and then it ends up not being a, a great stock pick. So it looks like FRC is it yeah. was definitely one of those. So uh, glad we didn't get that when it, when it came out because maybe some other people would have gone out and bought FRC with Burry and would have been burned. What about China? I guess we could uh, bury Cat, but he's not afraid of uh, uh, of China. Let's uh, let's do the Baidu earnings, and then let's talk about him getting down and dirty in some Chinese stocks. Yeah, so so Burry basically doubled his bet in Alibaba, um, and uh, as as well as I believe Baidu. Uh, I'm still trying to get the full the full 13F from Burry pulled up, but uh, these China stocks have been. Decent. I mean, they've been they've been holding up Baidu and Bob over the past couple couple weeks at least. Big pop in Baidu. Uh, Do you have the earnings numbers on Baidu handy or not really relevant? Pop to one thirty four. Uh, that was a nice move. Had a nice rally into it. Back down to one twenty eight and a half. Uh, we are you know quite a bit of price discovery here, so hard hard to trade it. Uh, technically, uh, first things first uh, for Baidu. If you're looking, this does fade a lot off. It's sometimes it's overnight moves. Yesterday's high one twenty eight ninety five. The Baba moved yesterday. And wow, they gave you a couple days to get in between 80 and 82 here. Is this the turnaround? You're going to try and buy the dip in Baba Triple D? I was just actually talking with the chat here, just going back to Buffett for a second, because we said incorrectly that he hadn't been buying Oxy lately. I did not even notice this filing from last night. There was a filing from Warren Buffett last night at 9.27 p.m. Buffett bought another 2.1 million shares of OXY <laughs> over the course of the last three days. So on the 11th, on the 12th, and on the 15th. So he is still getting down and dirty and buying more Oxy. That's why Oxy was trading up here a little bit this morning, but not getting the Buffett pops that it was getting before. Going back to BIDU, I mean, we've talked about the China trade. We, um, you know, it has been beat up. It has, you know, bounced in the last few days. Baba hit a key support level of, of $80, which we talked about. Baidu has been down there trying to form some support. And then JD, a little vote of confidence here for JD, and it's starting to show some life here too. So the China stocks are showing life. The problem is it seems like they show life for a few days and then they start to leak here again. So you're hoping, you know, you could get a sustained rally here. If you're looking for some stocks, though, that, you know, haven't participated, China stocks have not participated really at all in the recent rally. So um, is, could this be the start of something? Maybe. Pinduoduo, yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just going to say Pinduoduo is fading down. Uh, that one put in a hard bottom there at 60. So if you think that's going to be a, a lasting bottom here, you had a nice move from uh, 60, let's call it 60 to 66. That's pretty easy, right? 16-point move. Half of that is 8, you know? Maybe maybe get that at 50, uh, uh, excuse me. What was that move there? Six, oh, that wasn't that big of a move. Uh, 60 to 68, maybe the 64 area, 64, four and a half, 65. Go ahead, Aaron. I was just going to read the uh, the numbers from Baidu's report. So earnings per share came in at 2 bucks and 34 
uh, versus the $1.79 estimate. So a big beat there, as well as a sales beat of $4.54 billion versus the $4.31 estimate. So double beat there on Baidu. Um, as well as again, I mean, you had the the Burry bets in the in the 13F doubling down the stake in Baba. Uh, Burry also wasn't just uh, Buffett. Burry also added a stake in Capital One. So Capital One, really? uh, yeah, got the double whammy of Buffett and Burry. You know, those are probably the two biggest 13Fs that the market cares about. So to see Capital One on both of them, uh, that's a that's a pretty big deal, right? It's a big deal for Capital One today. Um, and again, multiple people in chat, why don't we talk others? I mean, we had Ackman take a couple positions. Let's just do an example here. Do you have the Ackman um, filing here? I'm going to throw you under the bus here. Um, no, we get, I, I, I did have that one pulled up. I just have to, I have it right here on my I believe he took a stake in Google. Was it Ackman that took the stake in Google? What, what we have seen happen, and I trade these actively, these 13Fs. I've traded them for 20 years. I, it used to be like, oh, what's Icon doing? You know, what's Ackman doing? Oh, you know, and there was other like... ones. You know, we'd look Globe. Oh, okay, well, wait, what's 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 you know, and and we bounce over into Tapper. this one, this one, and this Tapper. one. Tapper. What's Tapper doing? What are those doing? Yeah, yeah Pershing Square. To... Yeah. Or sorry, go ahead. I, I was gonna say I used to bounce through all these, and they'd all be moving. I'm like, oh my goodness, this one took a stake. What has happened in the last couple of years is crickets from the other ones, where they're just not moving. And nobody seems to care except Buffett. Even look at what's being covered. So Ackman did take a stake. Let's go with Ackman here and just yeah, one point two one point two billion dollar position in Google. Dennis, is that similar to how back in the day analyst ratings used to move stocks more than they do now? It it depends on who it is. Uh, again, it's like I don't know if things have just changed and social media has changed and people, you know, gravitate to talk about certain things or care about certain things. But, you know, Icon used to move stocks more than just as much as Buffett. Uh And if Icon does something now, nobody cares. I mean, Ackman takes a stake in Google. It popped up a little bit on that initial filing. It comes right back down. So you could say, oh, it's up 0.14%. But, you know, you got Microsoft up today. You've got Tesla up today. You have a lot of tech, actually, and that's the rotation from Home Depot, which we'll get to in a second. It's amazing that the other activists and the other hedge fund managers, the big ones, Ackman's solid. I mean, he's been solid. But what else did Ackman do? Did he do any smaller ones? If If they buy a smaller one, it might move. But they just haven't had the action that Buffett gives. Do you see any other ones, Aaron? Um, no, let me, I'm pulling up, uh, Pershing's full 13 F here. Google. That was, that was the big one from 13 F or, uh, sorry, from Pershing for sure. What about icon, man? That guy, uh, what about that? Oh, the stock. The, yeah. oh, I mean, that was on, you know, rumors of sec investigation. Obviously we had the short seller report that really kicked it off, but maybe there's something to it because the sec is taking a look here now too. I mean, problems here. And the IEP has just been an absolute disaster of an investment for a very, very long time. I mean, you're making multi-year lows here. You know, in a, in a, in a, in a market in the last seven, eight years where we've been going straight up, this Icon Enterprises has not. So it's got the huge dividend. And you wonder, like, you know, and it's been paying a dividend. You wonder if that's sustainable. 23%. You got to think it's not. Uh, but, wow, IEP has just been an epic disaster. 
we got another disaster to talk about here, and yep. uh, it's it's in the earnings. And uh, you know, if we're worried about uh, recession, we're worried about the uh, health of the consumer. They're not shopping at Home Depot. What do you have for us, Aaron? Uh, so Home Depot reported earnings this morning, and it's uh, it was the company's biggest miss uh, in 20 years. Sales came in at 37.2 billion versus 38.3 uh, billion dollar estimate. The uh, sales down four and a half percent year over year. Customer transactions down four point eight percent year over year. Uh, the average ticket, so the average price that people were paying, was actually up about 0.2 percent year over year. But of course, with uh, with inflation, that's not saying much. Uh, Home Depot lowers the fiscal year 2023 outlook. Uh, sales and comparable uh, sales to decline two to five percent. Uh, and then EPS declined seven to thirteen percent versus the fifteen point seven four estimate. So not only did you have not great numbers in terms of the EPS and sales, you also had the company giving poor forward guidance. Um, which honestly, like, what what's the stock down right now? Two percent pre market. Like, I'm surprised it's not getting uh, hammered a little bit more. I think Jeffrey's hit the nail on the head here, and you know, I was thinking the same thing. Everybody was expecting this. So, I mean, if you look at what Jeffries is saying this morning, they were saying that, yeah, the quarter was bad, but I think it was Jeffries. I was just looking at a couple of analysts' commentary. Sorry, Jeffries, if that wasn't you, but I did just see an analyst note go by on this, and they're like, this was expected here, um, that the Home Depot quarter would be a disaster, and it was. So, I mean, not completely expected, because it is obviously still down 2.5%, but I think everybody realized, you know, lumber prices have been going down. We're hitting you know, back down to pre-COVID pricing here. Obviously, huge oh, sales. You know, you think about it, you're not selling your two by fours for 12 bucks anymore. You're selling them for back for three or four bucks. So, I mean, some stuff has come back down to earth. It is a sign, and you could extrapolate if you want to, that potentially the consumer is slowing here a little bit too. Maybe not doing those home renovations. Maybe not doing more of these projects. You know, that there is, you know, that concern here. Does that continue to go into other retail here? potentially quarter was not good though guidance to your point you know you never want to see sales going down two to five percent it's one thing you know to see sales you know growth slowing it's another thing to actually see sales decline you don't want to see sales decline but they are blaming blaming the lumber deflation as the number one issue for it and you know lumber isn't going to stay down forever here it's pulled back so much from where we were um so some of this is not surprising Wow, someone got really, really excited here, and they took this thing on the downside. They took it to 272.72. I don't have any kind of reference there. That that takes out the low of the move. Uh, well, I've been going on to monthly here. You had a monthly low at 77.50. Uh, that's going back to November of last year. So now that the dust is settled and now we've popped up nearly to two, uh, in the 283 handle, I'd keep a close eye on this 277.50. If you're looking to buy a pullback, it's going to take one big old seller and one big old weak market to knock it down to that uh, that pre-market low. Coming back on the upside, uh, don't know if you're going to get a look at the bottom of yesterday's range at 286.94, but way off the pre-market low by a wide margin. Uh, lows, which I own, makes me have a second thought about uh, keeping this one. Lows getting hit. They usually report the day after 
Uh, so uh, low bar set here, maybe by by Home Depot. I, had I don't noticed... think low is on the schedule this week, and I was looking no? for it, unless I missed it. Okay. I don't have it written on my sheet. Aaron, do you have Lowe's reporting? Let me got it for you in, in, in three seconds. He's going to grab when Lowe's reports. Usually you're right. It usually reports a day or two after Home Depot, but I don't have it on the schedule for this week. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so it uh, was the time. truest analyst. I'm, I, I've my got, apologies. I... I've got Lowe's available May 23rd pre-market, so a week well, from a today week pre-market. Huh. So next, Definitely next set Tuesday. the bar lower. Definitely, Joel, you're correct. The bar will be really low for Lowe's, so keep that in mind. Um, it was true, as Andalman Scott Cicerelli said the results were widely expected, and this will help to reset the bar, this results. So uh, Jeffries was actually commentary on the Amgen deal, which I was getting confused. So my apologies, Jeffrey was truest that had those comments coming from the Home Depot report. So okay, if the if the story this morning is that the market is down on Home Depot's news or Home Depot's report, but Home Depot's report was priced it like it, it it doesn't really make much sense to me that it was priced in for the stock for Home Depot stock itself, but not for the overall market. If the overall market, I mean, I guess the, the market's not down too much. Spies down what not, two not tenths much of it. at all. We got not, a, yeah, a we're basically flat. We got a number of stories here that is not helping. I think another reason the market is down here this morning, another reason the XBI is down here this morning, is there is the potential merger of Horizon Therapeutics, which is HZNP. That is getting bought by Amgen, which we've known. Um, Risk Arbs had this thing. It was a cash deal. Risk Arbs had this thing, you know, priced just four bucks below. So not expecting any problems here whatsoever. Rumor has it from Reuters, no, nothing confirmed here yet, that the FTC will try to block this deal and will actually file to sue to block this deal. This is out of the blue because I believe the HCNP takeout price was 116 So risk guards were pricing in just the time value of money to get this deal done. And now all of a sudden it's like, no, boom, they're going to block a smaller pharmaceutical deal. I mean, if they're having problems, if the FTC is going to come in and start blocking these smaller deals here now. Huh. That's scary for all M&A action. And you're, so actually, if you look at HZNP, you can see substantially down, down 20 bucks here this morning. Again, nothing confirmed. So, you know, this deal could still go through. And now there's 25 points on the bone. So as this continues to leak down, it becomes more attractive. Uh, but now you have repercussions all through XBI. Check out CGEN this morning. Nothing was said about SGEN. We know Pfizer is buying SGEN, but it is down 12 points here this morning because they're like, holy crap, if they're going to block HZNP, they might block SGEN too. And then the XBI, which we know we've had a lot of smaller you know, pharmaceutical companies in speculative mode here, driving the recent price action in XBI, it is trading down 2% here this morning, a little bit because HZNP is in there, but more so that the speculative bubble of M&A action in the XBI is starting to come out here this morning. So very worried, very worrisome that the FTC is going to be this aggressive. The uh, We talk about this a lot of times going to the uh, HZNP. I mean, you get these kind of, you know, pops in the stock. You were up there. Look at all that time you had to sell that between 110 and 112. Yeah, maybe you're leaving a little meat on the bone for if that deal actually goes through. But look at your risk. And now, now what do you do? 
I mean, it's still, you know, way above, you know, it hasn't filled the gap from the, uh, uh, from when the initial news was announced, uh, absolutely in no man's land here is for the technicals because you have major fundamental news buying it, but, uh, holy macro, uh, this is this is not good for the uh, uh, M and A market, as you mentioned. This no. is not a, a huge deal. XBI people are going to be caught in this one a little bit. You had a nice that you would say, look at yesterday, like what a nice looking chart. Look at that nice rally yesterday, and here you are. I would keep an eye on for that XBI. You're trading at eighty-five seventy-four. You just nicked yesterday's low here a little bit ago with pre-market trading. Uh, eighty-five fifty-seven was yesterday's low. Uh, you, or excuse me, yeah, eighty-five fifty-seven yesterday's low. Pre-market low right there. Eighty-five forty-six. Bulls need to step up. We're getting another leg down here. I think it's some retail sales numbers. Uh, uh, do you have Dennis? Watch out here. Watch right out, now. Dennis. You got some retail sales numbers for me, Aaron? I, I miss that. I've had it on my sheet too. Yeah, retail details. retail sales month over month, point four percent versus the point eight percent estimate. Oh wait, that was month over month. But uh, U.S. core retail sales month over month for April, point four versus point four estimate, uh, which is actually up a lot month over month. But I'm seeing this this one number on on Benzinga Pro retail sales. 0.4 versus 0.8% estimate. So if that's if that's the case, it came in. It's uh, light, big time. It came 4, in. Yeah, we are estimates here for April were 0.8%. It came in at 0.4%. That's again giving more weight to the consumer is slowing down here. So we get two data points here: one from Home Depot, which maybe was widely expected, but now you see it in retail altogether. That is a light data point here. Um, that's, you know, soft landing, you know, and obviously this is what the market has been banking on. That's somewhat concerning here. But again, now do you go and find the silver lining in this? Yes, say, no, yes. this is what we need because this yeah, yes. to pivot sooner. <laughs> and this means we're not going to raise interest rates. So if you're a bull, you can gravitate that silver lining and say this is exactly what we needed because this will stop the Fed. And the Fed's plan is working, and then we can start lowering rates. Yes, and then we can start getting off to the free money party here again. Yeah, so, so yeah. It if you're so, on perspective, so if you're a bear, you if you're a bear, you can look at these numbers and say, look, the 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 consumers clearly weakening. We could be heading toward a recession. Home Depot's numbers were terrible. The the retail spending was down. But your point, Dennis, is that if you're bullish, you can look at this and say. We're now closer to the Fed being able to cut interest rates. A weaker yep. consumer should also mean a drop in inflation, which should get us closer to that point where the Fed can either completely stop raising rates or even cut. So it's something for everyone, whether you're bullish or bearish, you can look at these numbers and try to spin it uh, to fit your side. But that doesn't all matter. It matters how the market is reacting to it. And right now the bears would be more happy with how the market's reacting to this number. I don't that know came about out. that. I don't know. I think if I if I think if you're a perma if you're a big bear here in the market, you're looking at what's going on. We're like hanging out near the top of the range, really. We be this let's call this forty one forty area. I'm almost like so tired of looking at it. Uh the high the high close of the move is forty one eighty eight fifty. You haven't cut you haven't touched the low from the last two weeks. You know what I think's frustrated? I think the bears are frustrated, and I think the bulls are frustrated. Everybody's frustrated. That's what you, and that's what you got in the market. Look at these monthly candles here. 
on the bottom right chart here, no one knows what to do. Your April, which was one of your absurdly low uh, range, lowest range months going back to July 2019. And what are you doing in May? You're doing the exact same thing that you did in April. There, this is this market is frustrating everybody except the option sellers. And if you're selling options, you know now, man, now you get it. Maybe you finally get an uptick in volatility. Not getting but as much premium as you were. No, no. I mean, so, but weren't weren't there a lot of people? And I'm sure you guys had people on the show too that, like, a year ago. We're kind of calling for this, saying that the you know they think the market was just going to be moving sideways for a year. And I think, despite that, a lot of people like said that and had that prediction that okay, we might just be kind of crab walking or moving sideways for a while. That like it, it it's almost impossible to play. It seems like as a you know investor or trader that if we're just moving sideways, like what are I mean, you guys just said it. Probably selling options is your best bet in a sideways market. And, and making some money, but it, it's it's been, I think, like you said, frustrating for bulls, frustrating for bears, despite the fact that you had a lot of people basically predicting this that we'd be, you know, trading yeah, sideways for a while. It was it was, it was you. It was you. Yeah. It wasn't well, people that for sure. I've been calling for a sideways market here for a while, and obviously, you know, the regional bank situation happened. I was selling options. The regional bank situation happened. I was like, oh boy, now we're gonna maybe just tank instead. And then the regional banks, you know, situation has subsided and we just see sideways action. It's like the algos want this, Aaron. I mean, even today, you think Home Depot, you know, retail sales disaster. You think this is going to be the day that the bears are going to win. But no, they just gravitate to other stocks. So it's like they want to keep the S&P almost flat. So what they do is they'll, well, if this sector's weak. We're going to buy this sector in rotation just keeps the market elevated and that is what has been the life of this market i mean if we look this morning there are a lot of stocks trading higher and quietly the regional banks are having a decent morning here as well probably because of michael burry yesterday but you know maybe the vote of confidence in capital one here helping some of the regionals here too we also had some of the news wal it's trading up as well so regional banks a little bit strong banks holding on okay we know google is up a little bit tesla's up a little bit if i'm looking through amd's having a decent morning it's trading in the green here so there is pockets of strength here i'm looking you know just at i've got you know the majority of the major components in the s p on my screen here right now half like i'd say two-thirds are red but there's probably a third of them that are green here this morning so they just find reasons they find other stocks to gravitate into yeah maybe Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, but and maybe today, because we had this kind of weaker Home Depot, uh, you know, slowing to the consumer, maybe tech or more like growth Actually. is something that people will, will float to today just because it I looks think so. like the, the real value economy, if you will, quote unquote, looks a little weaker right now. So maybe that the different sector people well, are looking well, for. Well, let's think today. about this too, Aaron, just from a fundamental standpoint. Who wants rates lower more than anyone? Tech. I mean, right. that is, you know, especially in some of the growthy tech names, because as you get rates coming back down or Fed pivoting, those future earnings, you know, look more attractive there. So um, I think, you know, you're 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 spot on here. I do think if you're going to see rotation, we don't know, maybe we're just going to get one of these days that just everything sells off. But right, right now, I'm seeing this morning pockets of strength already. Like I said, Tesla still in the green. AMD is in the green. 
Hewlett Packard, which Warren Buffett had a stake uh, in there, so that's why HPQ is trading higher. But I'm seeing, you know, uh, Google was green, maybe it was Ackman. But I'm seeing Microsoft is only down 0.07%. We know it's been same story. The Apple same st- is only down 0.15%. The QQQ, just bring it up here. We're down only 0.17%. So wow. stronger than the S&P. Yeah. And that's Ooh. showing you this rotation still happening. So despite looking like a retail disaster today, if you just took it at face value with Home Depot and now these April retail sales being very weak, the market's still finding the silver lining. And that silver lining is that this Fed has caused this, and this Fed will end this sooner than later if we keep getting weak data. Take a look at the uh, triple Qs here, Dennis. I got a four-star for you. Look at this 327 level. Look at that. The last three daily highs, 26.75, 27.17, and 27.03. So boom, boom, boom. Keep an eye, 327, that's a four-star. But uh, we got a guest to bring on here. It's uh, 838. We're going to bring on Dan Pepitone. He's the CEO for Trade Zero Holding Corp. Let's go ahead and uh, and get Dan on the show. Dan, how are you doing today? Good morning, fellas. Wow. <laughs> Mitch is not at the controls this morning. There's no intro. We're yeah, a little what happened here? Unsure yeah, how to bring us you. in. Yeah, <laughs> the wheels came off. Mitch, Mitch. is going to be away later this week, and we were giving Aaron um, a trial run here going. Mitch is actually still hiding the background here, but when we lose Mitch for a few days, we're actually what's going to happen is we're going to have no Mitch and no Joel. Oh, so don't we're giving like... Aaron a little trial run here today, and he's doing a pretty good job here. He's uh, uh, except well. for that part, Dan. I, I couldn't, you know, but. but... <laughs> So you got the short you got the short end of the stick there. So I'm sorry about that, Dan. No pun intended. Yeah, no problem, guys. Hold up, yeah. hold up, hold up. Let's wait, run this wait. back. Trade zero Tuesday. There he is. Gets my head bobbing too, that music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I told you it's hiding in the background. It's gets the blood rush, gets it going. Dan, what's getting your blood pumping here today? You know, I, I did, first of all, enjoying the discussion as always. I did miss the first few few minutes of, of the chat this morning. And, you know, it almost feels as if it's kind of the quiet before the storm. We know what we have right now uh, with, the, with the debt ceiling discussions and the implications related to that. Although, Oddly enough, I mean, I just don't see it matriculating over to the way that that, that stocks are trading uh, in the last couple of weeks. And it should be interesting to see what what the next two weeks looks like as, you know, they're predicting to run out of cash by uh, June 1st. Um, And so, you know, a lot of these stocks that are, you know, uh, you know, the financials and and, and the like are really behaving in a way as if this kind of wasn't an overarching theme right now. so it's going to be interesting to see. I think that the volatility is going to be coming back uh, in, a, in a fairly big way. It's a VIX at 17 yesterday. Uh, we got a note from our uh, clearing firms a couple of weeks ago to be prepared for continued volatility of the VIX and, and having that uh, really trade in the mid-20s, which for traders is a great thing. We love the volatility. Yeah. Uh, but for investors, I think you guys hit it on the head this morning with, uh, you know, with stocks not really moving much. Uh, and one of the things I did want to talk about today was uh, was writing calls. Uh, I've been doing it myself for the last few months. Uh, long, same two stocks, Tesla and Amazon. They haven't done a whole hell of a lot. 
Um, they've been range bound for the last few months. And so it's been a great way to continue to participate in the markets, um, you know, not get frustrated with the positions not really moving mm-hmm. on the upside as I've been investing in them, uh, but a way to kind of generate some income as we go. And, and, um, and, uh, and while, yeah, the premiums may have, uh, you know, may have gone down a bit, uh, you know, we're still seeing some thick premium in, in, in Tesla on the weeklies. Looking at the Tesla 175 right now, uh, the May 19, 175 calls uh, yesterday closed at a dollar two. You know, you're not lighting the world on fire, but, uh, you know, with, with, with 500 shares and bringing in 500 bucks a week, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, and being that the stocks have, have been range bound, it's, it's mm-hmm. a great way for folks to continue to interact, continue to potentially generate some income, um, you know, while we wait for things to kind of pick a direction. You like to go far. You like to do that. You like to pick on the weeklies. Do you like to go uh, farther out than that? Uh, you, you know what? I, 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 in a very unscientific way, fellas, I'm looking <laughs> at, you know, where I, you know, just where I feel like the premium is best as it relates to, you know, the, the time between now and expiration. Uh, and this week I, I, I do. Um, uh, I'm selling the May uh, 19 uh, Tesla 175s. And, um, you know, a little it's it's weird because. You look at the the May 26s. Um, I, I was looking at this this morning, and it almost looked as if the weeklies were performing better as it relates to premium than the bigger contracts. Is this uh, against a, a long position, or are you just like yeah, selling? yeah? It's against okay, the long okay, position okay, in okay, Tesla, both. and so okay, okay, that's a whole different thing, right? Uh, you know, when you have the stock and you know getting a little bit of protection, do you do you try and? I mean, if you're worried about a stock long term, and uh, you know, right now Tesla's kind of in a trading range, would yep. you ever take any of that premium and and buy some puts, or do you just like? Don't want to get too fancy. You that is uh, maybe above my pay grade at this point. Obviously, okay. our platform does give you the ability to do all that stuff. From just talking from my own personal, uh, you know, trading okay. in the small account that I that I that I use to, you know, and and the other thing too for me is um, this be, this starts to become a distraction during the day. You know, I have my my job to do and and the company to run and all that stuff. So whenever I start getting too fancy and too involved, it sort of takes my focus and and misdirects it. Right. So I like having the positions on. I like knowing that I'm that I'm involved, uh, but it's not something that I could spend, you know, even a half hour a day looking at. I just don't have the time. I mean, if you're in this position where you think the market's going to do a hell of a lot of nothing going forward, you know, and that means a sideways market, there's nothing better than writing premium because, yep. you know, you just sit here and collect like you're saying, collect a buck a week, another buck, another buck, another buck. That starts to add. You annualize that on Tesla. You get up to 30% a year for the stock due with right. nothing. So, I mean, it's they, a way to, to make your stock pay. And if they take it out on you, it's obviously going to be at a, at a price that's, you know, uh, at your strike or better. Uh, so, you know, the, the the downside is, you know, on a Friday you get taken out and Monday the stock gaps up 10 or 15 points. But outside of something like that happening, uh, you know, it's it's a fairly safe bet uh, and it's a nice way to, to, to continue to generate income on the position. So, Dan, when you're selling calls on a stock like Tesla or something, so, for, you know, like the, I've never just outright sold options, but I know you can, you know, set yourself like if Tesla just like runs and runs and runs. How do you hedge yourself against that? Well, th- th- so you'd be long the stock and you've sold the option. So you're, you're, you're hedged intrinsically by doing that. I'm not talking about naked shorting of options. That's a whole different other animal. 
uh, and you need you need a lot of you need a lot of capital, a lot of experience. That's the highest level options approval. It's called options level five. It's not something that we typically do for folks. It's more of a sort of institutional ability, I would say, in the retail world. Uh, it's not something that's fairly common, but um, you know, having that having selling selling that call and being long the stock, they're going to move against each other. Uh, and at the end of the day, because of the time value of the option expiration, you're hoping that the stock will hover around or below, right, right below your strike as you move into expiration so they can fully collect the premium. Uh, as the stock goes down, the option price is going to go up because you're selling the call. Uh, and um, as the stock goes down, you have that protection of the option moving up. So it kind of offsets your, your losses on the, on the uh, long stock position. Got uh, it. Dan, so or go ahead, Joel. Uh, Dan, I was just going to ask you about uh, like the the market, you know, just overall. And well, you know, where what's the catalyst to get us out of here, uh, one way or another? I mean, traders want we want the market to move. A lot of people have been waiting, you know, for the next, you know, uh, you know, shoot a drop with the uh, with the debt ceiling. Uh, we don't we don't hear anything about the Russian Ukraine war. We don't know what China <laughs> has up their uh, their sleeve. I mean, supposedly they're flying to Ukraine today and uh, to to kind of enforce their peace plan of uh, letting Russia keep the territory and ending things. But yeah, I mean, look, inflation, inflation, inflation. It's interest okay. rates. It's you know, as you guys were just talking about earlier, it's. Uh, getting the signals from the Fed, having the consumer okay. slow down and having that be a leading indicator to them, hopefully, uh, you know, tightening the noose on uh, on the on the rising interest rates, giving us some relief there. And, you know, hopefully that that is the catalyst to kind of bring folks back into into the fold. You have a technical uh, level that you're looking at that uh, uh, I don't know if you're like the cues. I mean, like I just looked at the cues and I'm going to definitely keep them up on my screen today because that's something that 327 level, you know, S&Ps are just grinding in, in a range. I'm just looking at uh, the weekly high and low. Do you have do you have a trigger or what is what is your uh, your go to index? I, I, 325 on the cues, I think, is is a is a uh, is a uh, base that we've kind of seen. It's kind of traded against that. Uh, recently bounced off that um you know that's something i would look at but again it, it's it's reading sort of reading the tea leaves on a daily basis you know waking up early and kind of understanding directionally uh, where the day may take us the, uh -huh. the uh the, the consumer uh the consumer spending number that you guys were just talking about this yep. morning it was almost as if uh you know i was just watching tesla it kind of dove about a point and then just sort of sort of bounced right back. back so you know, again, combined with the Home Depot numbers, it'll be interesting to see what happens at Lowe's next week. Um, I think that uh, all of these interest rate hikes that we've we've endured are really starting to hit home uh, for folks, and 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 it's showing up in their spending. What? But this rotation here, Dan, and we were talking about this before you got on, seems to just keep the market elevated. I mean, today is a fantastic example. You get a Home Depot report. That is very disappointing, really, but then some people are saying it's expected, but the stock is trading down almost 3%. And then you get April sales, April retail sales coming out very light. 
Yet the market really, you know, S&Ps especially, yeah. just kind of sitting here saying it's okay because, you know, if we do get light data, that just means the Fed is going to pivot sooner. Right. It's like this market is just built to go nowhere here right now. And I mean, this <laughs> this actually helps your strategy of, of selling calls. I love your strategy right now because this is the type of environment that this works best in. But it's like the rotation almost wants this to happen. It's like the market is built right now, I feel like, to go nowhere. What yep. changes that? What changes it? I mean, I wish maybe I knew, it doesn't uh, change. Maybe you hope it doesn't change. So well, freedom. you know what it is. Well, what I've noticed. Listen, doing this a long time. What I've noticed is, when and if we start talking about a strategy that's working right now, that's usually the time when things start <laughs> to change. Very you know, yeah, <laughs> historically true. speaking, that's true. been you know a leading indicator has been when everyone is piling into something. You really should start thinking about doing something different, contrary into that, and and you know. Time and time again, it, it really it's really has worked out in that way. So, Dan, before you hopped on, I mean, we, we were talking about how the market's kind of been moving sideways, you know, for bulls. Bulls out there are hoping that, you know, the Fed's going to be able to cut interest rates or say they're, they're done raising interest rates. What are what are bears looking for right now in this sideways market? Like what could bring that break to the downside that you think bears might be uh, out there looking for right now? I think more inflation, more interest rate hikes. Uh, continuing slowdown of of of, uh, of of the economy, um, you know, and then there's sort of those macro factors. I mean, you know, if if the June first day passes uh, without a without a uh, extension of the uh, uh, of, of government spending, then um, I mean, the implications for that are are widespread, massive, and and you talk about a recession, I think it'll be almost instant. Uh, they're talking about millions of job losses potentially. Um, and, and really putting us into a, a recession comparable to uh, what we experienced during 2008, 2009. Yeah, but so, so that, that, that's interesting to me because, like, if, if, for example, if inflation were to increase from here, that would likely be on the heels of, of like, you know, good economic activity, more spending that would drive inflation higher, or you would have worse economic activity a weakening consumer and then inflation would end up dropping but then it would be like okay we're heading toward a recession which is w why it seems like we've been so range bound because the weaker the economy is okay now the closer we are to cutting rates so it seems like bears are just kind of uh stuck in this spot right now i mean what do, as do you are think the bulls as are the bulls right so it's it's, it's kind of the both both uh we're, we're both bulls and bears are dependent on the same thing in terms of the fed right now it just all depends on how you want to look at it um any particular like names that have have had super high in, uh short interest i mean you know tesla is always one that's getting shorted a lot uh but uh, any other ones sticking out to you for us i mean there've been a, a bunch of these small cap gappers like gsit top kind of has been popping back in and out of the top list every day um a few other small cap names. I don't have them right here. SILK, XCLA, um, SoFi has been an interesting one lately. Um, but those have been some of the tops that we've uh, that have been trading on the platform over the last few days. Got it. Got it. No. All right. We've been on the line with Dan Pipitone. He's a CEO of Trade Zero Holding Corp. Joining us here on Pre Market Prep. Dan, a pleasure as always getting your Gentlemen, perspectives on the market. Fantastic we'll day. Talk talk to you next week all right guys that was dan pipitone from trade uh zero joel how about a quick market update we're leaking we're leaking, leaking here yeah we're we're leaking uh oh uh, yep yep the uh the combo 
Yeah, the combo is the uh, Home Depot. We're worried about the consumer. And then you get that uh, punk uh, retail sales number here. We are approaching the pre-market low of 35 and a quarter. Um, if you want to follow the script from yesterday and the day before and the day before the day before that, I'll sell off and then they'll catch a bid around quarter to 11, 11, huh. rally back. I mean, that's been the script. And, yeah. you know, you, you expect the same thing to happen. It doesn't uh, always happen. Uh, but uh, boom, 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 boom. You know that uh, that is um, the uh, th that's the look at the markets. Triple D. What what do you see? It in the feels stocks? like we're still going sideways, and I mean that means you've got to be fading moves. You get these dips where you eventually leak 40, 50 handles in the S and P. It seems like a buying opportunity. You get these rips where we rally 40, 50 handles. It's been a selling opportunity. We've been saying this on the show. For a while here now, we keep going nowhere on the S&P, and maybe this nowhere is where you want to be. If you're doing strategies like Dan is, where you're selling premium, this is exactly the market that you want. So, I mean, and, and there's an argument here, too, as we get more options, you know, and as they have daily options, you know, like, does that reduce volatility? You know, like, it does. I mean, as you have more open interest, it does. We know it, it works to reduce volatility as well. Uh, but the rotation is really amazing in this market and that's why the s&p sits here and doesn't go anywhere you know we can argue are we in a bull market are we in a bear market clearly in a bull market in the queues clearly in a bear market in the in the iwm mm -hmm. clearly in a sideways market in the s&p we are in the exact same spot if we go back to may 16th we are almost in the exact same spot we are today i mean how many times we touched over 410 you know on the s&p so many times. Look at that chart, Joel. If that ain't a sideways chart, I don't know what is. That looks completely sideways to me. I mean, where were we on May 16th, 2022? I'm just eyeballing it, but it looks like about 408 on the SPY. Yeah, May, uh, going back, uh, what's today? Today is the 16th. Yeah. Uh, we were we were a tad lower. We made a high at 404. We closed at 400. Uh, but, going uh, nowhere yeah, fast. Yeah, considering a year, I mean, up and down and all around. But uh, If you're but, buying options in this market, you know, unless you think the world is collaping and you're buying banks or puts on regional banks here, it has just been a losing trade. I mean, Dan's on the right side of this. Selling premium has worked here for a while, especially on the S&P because we're going nowhere. I have a long-term Q's position. What I've done is I've written calls against it. So I am in doing some call writing here just to make those positions pay. It does help to a certain extent, especially if it continues sideways. If the market does go up on you, you get called away, but then maybe you, you, know, you, you get a dip get and, opportunity. and then you do it again. So there's money to be made writing options in a sideways market is the best for it. Yeah, so I mean, clearly, this you know, today's this morning's price action action is an example of why bears might be so frustrated right now. You basically had a perfect storm of bad news between Home Depot's terrible earning, the weakening consumer, bad retail numbers, this regulatory scrutiny in the in the uh, uh, yeah. biotech space, and regardless of all of that, the S and P five hundred is down about 
eh, three tenths of a percent. So, yeah. so if you're holding puts overnight on SPY or anything, chances are you're not going to be making a ton of money. And yet you're looking at all this news being like, oh my God, how's the market not down? Uh, the last thing I mentioned there, the the regulatory, uh, you know, the, them blocking the deal on the Amgen merger. I was looking at Amgen. Amgen stock is actually trading up a little bit. I always like looking at how the company that's doing the acquiring is trading. Yeah. Uh, something that that struck out or that that stuck out to me a few months ago was remember the the Adobe Figma deal. Oh, you're taking us back a little bit here. Yeah. So Adobe agreed to pay like twenty billion for Figma, this software uh, company, and it was interesting because a lot of times when they when they announce these acquisitions, the company that's that's doing the acquiring. It trades lower because they're you know spending a lot of yep. cash or doing some stock option or whatever. So uh, Adobe traded down on the news that it was acquiring Figma because I think the market was saying, okay, Adobe's overpaying for Figma, all this. Adobe traded down. Yep. Then a few months later, the deal got blocked and Adobe traded down again. And it made yeah. no sense because you I were like- I do remember that. Because yeah. you were like, wait a, wait a second. If the stock traded down because you they were overpaying, you didn't like the deal. And now the, now the deal got blocked. Shouldn't the and stock come back yeah. up? But no, it went back. It went down again. And they were like, oh, now the, the deal's not going through. We don't like this. It was like, wait a second. You guys didn't even like the deal three months ago. Yeah. <laughs> so it should be trading up on it. And Amgen is trading up slightly on this here, um, obviously, on because the they think they might not have to put that premium out there. Maybe they did feel like that they were overpaying for it. I mean, I don't think it's surprising if Pfizer actually would trade up on long Pfizer, if Pfizer traded up on SGEN potentially, because Pfizer traded down on that deal a little bit when they announced it. They paid a pretty big premium there. And SGEN, not, no news on SGEN, but obviously risk arbs are taking off because. Um, of the HCNP risk here that they're saying maybe this deal doesn't go through here either. And SGEN is up down 5% here today. So there is a point there, but you know, that Adobe one was just a weird situation there, Aaron. Definitely. I, like I said, it's all because like, I mean, the, the company that's getting acquired, you know, either moves up if the deal goes through or moves down if it doesn't go through, but it's kind of interesting to see how the other, how the other stock moves. Uh, I, Joel, do we have, do we have a couple minutes we could do ticker time? Yeah. 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 I, I just, just want to make one more point there. And I don't know if Joel, if you were going to make this point here too, but I, I, think, I think you are, I think the point here and, and Joel had made this point to me just earlier before we started the show is on these M and a deals, I think you've got to ring the register on the announcement because if you sit around if the deal potentially gets blocked like just think about it. you're sitting around in hcnp for the last three or four bucks and then boom you lose 25 the risk reward just says don't sit around for the last few dollars especially with this you know ftc that looks like they're going to get more aggressive deal gets announced get out while the getting is good i mean i had this situation with irobot i was long irobot my long-term account amazon bought out iRobot back in, I believe it was, I'm going to say August of last year, and the stock went from 41 to 60. I sold that day. The stock is now back down to 33. The deal is still on the table, believe it. What's going on with that? It, they're obviously thinking this deal is going to get blocked. It's This deal is not going to go through. I don't know if it's officially off or not, but it just goes to show you in this market, with an FTC being more aggressive, Take the money while you got the money. Don't sit around and wait for the last three or four points because if you sit around, the risk can sometimes be a hell of a lot more than the reward. And you put your money to work somewhere else too, you know, if, if, um, if anything. Uh, so we got time to take out one or two tickers here. Is there anything jumping out at us uh, in the chat here? Anything 
Uh, Triple D, any stock you want to take a look at here? What's just going on with the chat? Um, uh, OKE, uh, Kramer talked about it last night. Dennis, did you catch that? Yeah, oh, he was talking in on lightning round. He said, okay, he was a buy for him mm. on the lightning round. Again, this shows the environment where retail has really struggled because Kramer, if we go back to 2020, 2021, right in the height of the retail frenzy, Jim Kramer mentioned a stock and a pop three, four, five percent. Yep. He mentioned a SPAC, and sometimes they'd go up 20% on the Jim Kramer mention. It was incredible. It is absolutely crickets for all of these Jim Kramer calls here now. There's almost zero action because I track it and I watch it. And a lot of times he'll mention a stock and say, yeah, I'd buy it. Not one person in the after hours comes to buy it. Not even one person. Sometimes there's zero trades afterwards. Now, again... You know, he he still has some influence, and sometimes he can turn a stock around. A stock looking for direction on earnings, you know, there can still be some movement there as well. But the Jim Cramer effect right now has never been less. In the in, in my 23 years of trading, I've never seen Jim Cramer have less influence than he does right now. So, and I, I think, mean, it's and, absolutely and, incredible. And that is showing you that retail is really quiet here. Well, I was going to say, Dennis, is that to you – do you think a reflection of the fact that that Kramer's like standing has fallen out among retail investors? Or Somewhat. Or do you think it's just a, 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 a there's no speculation out there? Like in the 2020 markets, when there was a bunch of speculation, yeah. if Kramer mentions a stock, maybe a bunch of people go out and buy it. But right now, there might just be a little bit less speculative buying out there. More of the latter, I think. Okay. That's the speculation has come out of this market. There's still pockets of speculation. You see, you know, it seems like, you know, Reddit boards grab a hold of something and they go. But it's more pockets. It's not in everything. And I do believe that retail has struggled in this environment. They had a lot of these nosebleed, Kathy Wood type stocks. And, you know, their portfolios got decimated. Now, there's some great, fantastic retail traders out there. And we have a lot of them in our chat here right now. So, you know, some of our, our traders, uh, some of the retail traders do really well. But overall, retail has struggled in this environment. They struggle in a sideways environment. Think about who's buying you know, these options, you know, all these options, these weeklies, it's typically retail. So, you know, where Dan Pipitone's there selling premium, he's selling on the other side of that. It's typically, usually, you know, and maybe there's a market maker making a quick spread in the middle, but typically on the other side is really going to be a retail trader, maybe making a speculative bet. And eventually that, you know, uh, that doesn't work out for the most part. So it's been an environment where retail has, you know, struggled and that is showing up from, you know, on CNBC, where you can clearly see that Jim Cramer just doesn't have any influence hardly at all right now. I've, I, And again, I've been trading the Cramer effect for 20 years. I've never seen the Cramer effect there. less. That, yeah, just uh, not that uh, speculative fervor that we had in 2000, 2021. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skedaddle out of here. S&P's down uh, 10 and a half handles, 41, uh, 39 and a half. Off the pre-market low, that pre-market low, 35 and a quarter, folks. I got nothing for you there. Uh, we have the low from yesterday is the next thing that will come into play. And that Monday's low came in at 41.23, the all important last week's low that was made on Friday, forty-one eleven seventy-five. I don't, I don't know if we're going to see. We had an inside day yesterday. Can we have another inside day today? A double inside day will set things up for an interesting Wednesday. Uh, good job today, Aaron. Uh, breaking you in. So everyone have a great day, and uh, back with you later on. 
All right. Thank you, Joel. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, Dennis, we'll be back uh, live tomorrow morning. Yeah, sounds good. We'll be here. All right. We'll see you then. All right, you guys, thank you for hanging out with us, with us today on pre-market prep. Thank you for hanging out with me, specifically filling in for Mitch. A couple, uh, you know, little little hiccups here and there. But but overall, you know, hey, we, we made it through it. Uh, stay tuned for live trading. Money Mitch will be uh, live with Zunaid and Ryan Faluna starting here in a few minutes. If you guys got more tickers you want to check out, make sure to stay in the chat. This stream will automatically redirect you. Over to live trading. You do not need to go anywhere. I'll be hanging out there in the chat as well. I've got some live trades to manage myself when the market opens here in 25 minutes. Again, uh, thank you to everyone hanging out with us. Smash the like, subscribe to the channel if you have not already. We'll be back live tomorrow morning and live on uh, live trading with Benzinga, the small count challenge starting here in about 10 minutes. Do not go anywhere.